Have you ever watched a movie and thought, wow, that looks a lot like my life? Or better yet, you watched a movie down the road and thought, I wish I'd seen that movie when I was going through that certain situation. Well, this is a story about my bad boss. I've reflected on him before because you can learn so much from bad bosses. But the parallel um, movie I was thinking about was The Devil Wear Prada, because this is a person that gave me an opportunity, although in Devil Wears Prada, she gets assigned and Hathaway gets assigned, Andy gets assigned to Miranda. But what happens with my life is that this opportunity was given to me by the individual, yet then he continued to demoralize me, made me second guess myself. And what I've learned from that experience is also what Andy learns in The Devil Wears Prada. So welcome to the playbook. Jason and I are going to have a great episode today because we're doing something we both love to do, and that is watch movies and talk about movies. And we are going to go through our top 10 movies and the career lessons that they teach you. Jason, welcome to the show. Thank you. I, I remember reading The Devil Wears Prada, the book, and you just like back when it came out. And I don't read a lot of fiction. So it was just like a horrifying page turner going, well, I wait a second. I know a couple of people like this. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So we're going to, we're going to talk about 10 films that, that we love and they're not all business movies. I think I tried to very hard to get away from business movies actually. Uh, Cause there's lots of great ones out there if you Google them. So tell me a little bit more about your reaction to the devil wears Prada, what you learned from it and you know uh, why, how you would recommend that to someone else. So just for our audience, just take a step back. It's about this rookie journalist who gets this opportunity to work for a major fashion magazine, um, but she's working for the worst boss ever. And she's also in a steep learning curve. So one of the things that I would say that people could take away from this is that no work is trivial, right? When you're trying to learn, there's no, like the talks about getting Miranda's copy and getting it right. Right. And I'm not saying people should run out and go get their boss's copy, but she also does a lot of other tasks that help her to understand the small things that make the big things work. So I would say that no work is trivial and continue just to contribute. I also would say that maybe look the part. One of the things that Andy does when she arrives is she's in these like knitted pullovers and tartan skirts. And she looks more like a young school girl than she does a fashion um, magazine journalist wanting to move up in a fashion magazine world. So again, I'm not trying to be superficial there, but if you want the job dress for the part that the job is. Well, that's the whole scene, right? Like, and it's, it's actually, I'm not saying I have a lot of empathy for, I mean, it's based on Anna Wintour, right? I'm not saying I have a ton of empathy for somebody who, who operates like that. I mean, at the end of the day, people, we're all human beings. We're all going to be, you know, in a ground somewhere at some point, you know, can we just be kind to each other a little bit, but she does call her out, right? Because she's cynical about fashion, right? Like she's almost like she's above it. And, and that's where, where, uh, uh, who's the actor Meryl Streep dresses her down. Right. And says, you know, this is, you should pay attention to this. And there's not a bad, that's to me, that's not a bad thing. That, and the, I'm just thinking about the film and I'm every time she was like cutting the steak. I mean, that's the thing that always reminds me about the film, but you know, I don't think. I well, think that's that, actually my next point, which is be open to changing your perspective. Good. And that's exactly it. Andy walks in with this kind of like the fashion world is frivolous and, you know, they're a wasteful um, industry and Miranda changes her perspective through it. So, right. 
Definitely a great point. Is there any other ones I have? Uh, you want me to take my other one? Go back and forth. Sure. Okay. So that's our that's our first movie, which is Devil Wears Prada. Well, and there's so much more that you can dig that deeper can in on that one as well on good bosses and bad bosses and and even collaboration and um, building a support network right wow, so really dug into this film <laughs> i just i love this exercise okay it's a great exercise all right so number two on the list is going to be mine which is rounders rounders is the classic poker movie with with john malkovich and uh ed and and of course matt damon oh matt damon i I see anything Matt Damon's in, you know, he's my guy crush. Um, and it's a poker movie. What interesting about rounders is rounders gave rise to that poker kind of culture that we see in television. stuff like that, because if you remember before rounders, people weren't talking about poker a lot, then it was everywhere. And I'm not saying it was the only reason, but it was definitely a catalyst. And then the NHL strike happened. And so then they needed content, particularly in Canada. And that's why you saw a lot of poker on television and you still see poker on television. So for me, <laughs> rounders is a movie about communication like through and through and i don't just mean john malkovich's ridiculous russian accent which is absolutely phenomenal right i will uh i will go around and, and imitate him all of the time i'm not going to do that because i don't want to offend part of our listenership but it's it's a hilarious accent right so when i say it's a movie about communication there's a great scene right and very early on where matt damon walks into a room full of law professors because he's taking law at harvard because you can't take law apparently anywhere else and he essentially said is trying says if you give me a uh, clerkship I'll, I'll read everybody's cards that's not exactly what happens in the scene but he basically says i'm going to read everybody's cards and, and tells his professor what to do and what he's basically saying is the game of poker is not about cards it is about people and this is something I use this uh, this analogy in my own communication programming in in workshops in keynotes because there's there's a, the other scene which is right at the very end where he he tells the cab driver he's going to Vegas for the World Series of Poker and the cab driver says good luck buddy and he says I don't understand why people continue to say that it's luck right this is a skill game and you're not playing the cards you're playing the person and so in business a lot of times we spend we spend a lot of time focusing on the words, the content, and it's not that it's the person, you know, you want to impress your boss. It's about understanding your boss. If you want to sell an idea, it's about understanding the customer. And for me, that, that is a, a massive learning and rounders is the best movie to do that. It's also one of my top five guilty pleasure movies. You ever seen it? I have not seen it, what? but it's reminding me of um, I'm watching the Lincoln lawyer right now and how communication is not only about, the, like you said, the words, but it's also about the tells of people, right? So their mannerisms, their facial expressions, their body movements. And so the Lincoln lawyer is setting up a jury for this, the murder trial. And just like the poker people, they're watching the tells of everybody else to to understand more fully what's going on. It's the, it's every episode of suits, right? Every single episode of suits is that Harvey, the lawyer has figured out something about you that you don't even know about yourself, right? Because you grew up on a farm outside of New York city and you hear the braying of the lambs. Clarice, can you hear the braying of the, can you hear the silence of the lambs? Right? Like it's, it really is that, that and you watch that a lot. 
that idea of it doesn't seem to happen as much in real life as it does on TV or in film is that everybody is always kind of reading the room and reading the person, which of course in our career hack 100 was a big, big thing. All right. So rounders is, is my, uh, is my, my next first film. What do you got for me next, Jen? I think this is great. I, I think by the end, I, you'll have picked five movies that I haven't seen and I haven't watched suits either, but I, I can guarantee, guarantee I didn't take four of them. You haven't seen I can guarantee you've seen the next one, uh, Finding Nemo, uh, which is, a, you know, obviously a Pixar movie with Marlon and Dory on a quest to find Nemo after he leaves. And really so many life lessons, so many parenting lessons in there, but um, collaborating with others can create a positive outcome. It's one of those lessons I got out of that when Marlon and Dory are working together and then they're working with other uh, fish and animals that they see along the way in their quest to find Nemo. And then asking for help doesn't make you weak. So if you're in a situation within your career, um, hire a coach, ask more questions if you're um, taking on a project, but or ask for more support if you're working on a project and you're overwhelmed or you don't have the time or there somebody's going to assign you another task, just ask for help is a, another life lesson. And then one other one that I liked is don't jump to conclusions, right? So when um, Nemo and Dory first meet Bruce, Bruce is uh, his father, Marlon, uh, thinks that Bruce is going to eat them because right, Bruce, Bruce is, is a shark, a shark right? right? And it comes from the, the line, fish are friends, not food. So don't jump to conclusions when you first meet somebody about what their what your pre preconceived notions are of that individual or about what your boss is going to say to you. I find quite often when I've coached people that even before they've gone in to meet their boss, they're like, well, she or he is only calling me into their office because they want to scold me or because they, you know, are going to um, tell me that I'm not getting my raise or whatever. So they go in with that negative attitude. So don't jump to conclusions and then don't give up looking for alternatives. So stay positive and work together and just keep on swimming. Who knew you could learn from a Pixar movie, which I also have a Pixar movie on my list. So that's great. The other one I find for that, your, your film is risk assessment, right? And I just, I mentioned, keep mentioning that I, I finished Creativity Inc. And they talk about the development of the script for Finding Nemo, that it at the beginning, it was very, very different in that, um, in the film, spoiler alert, like the big moment, uh, that that kind of kicks all of this off that shows why Marlon is so freaked out all of the time happens at the very beginning of the film. In the original draft, it happened in, in kind of flashbacks throughout the movie, but it didn't work. Right. And it's amazing when you when you read this and you then you look at the film and go, wow, they found the perfect solution. But risk assessment is a big deal. But I think it's such a, I mean, it's so well done. And I, I love Ellen DeGeneres as Dory. I mean, I haven't seen Finding Dory, but I want to see that one. But I love Pixar movies. But I, I mean, there's just things about pushing your boundings, letting people take risks. Like you said, the risk assessment. Um, I, there's, you can do a deep dive on any of these movies, but let's go on to your next one. We're going to do that after the break. We can't do them all in the first segment, Jen. All right, we're going to come back. So far, what we have hit are The Devil Wears Prada, Rounders, and Finding Nemo. Lots and lots of learnings from those three films. When we come back, we got more, including, like I promised, we're going to start with another Pixar film. In the meantime, you want to learn more about some of the great work and where that incredible mind of Jen Glynn comes from? It's meetingencore.com. Okay, what are you doing at Meeting Encore these days, Jen? 
I don't know. I might start a new side hustle just doing movie reviews. I've had so much fun with this task, but uh, you can find me at Meeting Encore where we support um, corporates and associations to find their next perfect event space at www.meetingencore.com. Thank you. We're going to be back with more pages from the playbook right after this. Welcome back to the playbook. We are taking a little break from our career whack, hack 100, career whack 100. That's the next one. That's going to be great. From our <laughs> career hack 100 to talk about some of our favorite movies. Cause you know, it's summertime and you got to put that backyard driving together. You ever done that? You ever put a little screen out back and we do have a screen out back that we watch movies on. And what's the last, what is the last movie that you saw? Oh, it's been a while. <laughs> Honestly, I, I'm probably anything Star Wars, the last one, probably the hand solo. It was called Solo. Solo, yeah. Okay. Wow, you it has been a while. I haven't been in the theater in a while, but I just watched uh, what everything everywhere all at once, which is a really great trip if you haven't seen that. I really want to go see where the crawdads sing. Okay. Great book. Okay. I have not read that book. As I mentioned, I think the devil wears Prada was the last piece of fiction I read. <laughs> I read a lot, but I don't read a lot of fiction. Okay. So we've hit a bunch so far from rounders through to finding uh, Nemo. My actual next business book is the Incredibles or business business movie is the Incredibles, which is probably uh, tied for my favorite Pixar movie along with monsters Inc. And of course it's Brad Bird. Brad Bird is a genius. Love you, Brad Bird. Call me. Uh, why do I love the Incredibles? There's two really big messages in that film for me. One is, is, is how you find your passion, right? To look at uh, Mr. Incredible being stuck in an insurance office every day and just having being asked for ridiculous things like denying claims. And he, he, it's, it's fighting against his better self. Right. His better self is I want to help. I want to help the world. And so he helps the little old lady by telling her, you know, I'm not saying go and get this form. And then, of course, in the evenings, what does he do? He goes and hangs out with his buddy Frozone. They sit in a car, they listen to a police scanner and then they go to, to help. It's a it's that that overriding desire. You know, we talked about passion on a recent show and, you know, how you go and claim that passion. This is how Mr. Incredible goes out there and claims his passion. And he's not the only one because eventually, you know, he flips the switch on, on Mrs. Incredible, right? Elastigirl. And he go- then gets the kids involved as well. And then suddenly now they're a crime fighting team, right? Like that's, to me, that's a big part of the story. And if you listen to filmmakers, that's what they're trying to unlock for you. They're trying to unlock these amazing stories. You have seen The Incredibles, right? I have seen The Incredibles, yes. Did, did but now I want to go too? watch it again. Yeah. I think you're right though. It's a great story. Jason Leah's syndrome is one of the great all-time villains. You know, one of the problems I always have with Marvel movies is the villains are all vanilla. You can't, none of them stand out except for Loki, right? But oh, syndrome yeah. absolutely stands out, right? That's a great series. And, and yeah, I like his role in Thor. Okay, so there's the first one. But the, the big one for me in, in uh, The Incredibles that stands out is a line that happens in, a, in an argument between Elastigirl, mom, and, and Dash, one of the kids, the kid who they keep 
saying, slow down, pull back. And she says, everyone's special dash. And he says, which is another way of saying nobody is right. Ooh. And that's the syndrome says the exact same thing, right? He says, you know, when everybody's super, cause he wants to give everybody powers, then nobody is. And the learning for that again is something really big. When you are trying to promote your personal brand, when you're trying to promote your company, don't try to stand for everything. If you, if you try to stand for everything, you stand for nothing. And the problem with that is, is that you start to, 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 to kind of compromise your values, right? You can't be the low cost provider and the global leader and the blah, 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 and the innovator and the, and the, and then you got to pick a lane. And the reason for that is, is that you want, you want to do fulfilling work. And your organization wants to do meaningful work. You're not just there to generate revenue. Maybe you are, but that that's the meaningful work for you. And that was a, a really, really big learning as you know, this I, which is another way of saying nobody is. What's the line? You ever heard this, Jen? If everybody likes you, you're doing something wrong. <laughs> well, no fear for either of us. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? Do you ever take away anything from the Incredibles? You know what? It's been so long since I saw it, but yes, I definitely think about, you know, working as a, as a unit and helping others find their, their strengths are the two of the things that kind of resonated with me. And of course, you know, who's the best character in the crowds? Edna Mode, right? Edna Mode <laughs> is the one who bakes, makes the costumes. Ah, right. Okay. In fact, right, it's right. A, the yeah. great thing is she's got that really thick German-esque accent and she's going a mile a minute and then she's, she's getting her eye scan and then she leans in and she goes, Edna mode. And I thought like, <laughs> that, the pacing of that just, there, there's such beautiful work in that film. And I could watch, I could watch that one all day. A few of the Pixar films of late, maybe not, not as much. I don't find their rewatchability to be really strong, but some of that early stuff is just, it's magic. Magic. That's a great segue to our next movie, which is also animated. Um, just keeping on that theme. And it's a Disney movie. Not only is it filled with great music by Elton John, but just beautiful cinematography in it or animation uh, and amazing uh, um, Broadway show as well. Lion King. So Lion King is all about leadership um, with and it starts out very strong with Mufasa teaching Simba some of the skills that he's going to need and, and leadership lessons that he's going to need when he becomes king. Um, and one of his lines is understand the, that balance and respect all creatures from crawling into the leaping antelope. I thought that was, you know, very profound. And it just shows you that as a leader, you can't just be thinking about thyself. You have to be thinking about everybody within your organization. And um, at you know, it becomes, unfortunately, Simba bragging about his opportunity to, that he knows he's going to become king is what his, his demise at the beginning. So one of the lessons I would say is be humble, um, because what happened with that is Scar understood that he was going to be overlooked if something happened to Mufasa. And so Scar led him down the wrong path and gave him some wrong advice. And Simba took it because his ego uh, wasn't, was too out of place. Uh, and so that kind of led him astray and made him make wrong decisions, like jumping into the hyena pin and things like that. So that's one of the lessons. Um, the other one I would say is don't jump to conclusions. And that uh, kind of, you know, when he comes back, when Simba comes back, 
to the area with where the lionesses are, he has assumed all along, just like when his friend comes and gets him, that nobody wanted him to be there anymore and that he was not a good leader. So again, it's, it's about building that support network and understanding that you too can fail and make wrong decisions, but um, don't assume that people aren't going to give you another chance. So um, I love, I, I, I say all the time, no worries. I don't even realize that I'm doing it. Just like, Oh, no worries. That's okay. Let's just do that. But Hakuna Matata, no worries, which Again, sometimes we just need to take a breath in life and realize that everything that we're worried about or that um, we're thinking too much about may be that we should just take a step back and realize that 90% of the things that we worry about don't happen. So um, learn to take a breath and then learn to um, figure yourself out after you fail. So if you fail, make acknowledgement of that, learn from that lesson just like Simba did um, and uh, keep on dancing. I, I just, I, I love the, the word hog. I, <laughs> I watched, I just watched uh, my kid perform like three performances of the Lion King, you know, like an 11 year old and, and, and was young Simba. So I got to sing the, uh, you know, someday I'll be King sort of thing. And, and that's, that's real. I wish I'd, I'd talked to you before so that I could actually get that perspective going in. It's a great, it's a great movie. It's one I can watch over and over again, for sure. Do you have a, do you have a favorite Elton John song from that, uh, that go around? I do, but I, I, um, it's the one where the, uh, the moon's coming up over. I can't remember the name of it now. I remember seeing that the, the Lion King on Broadway it was the first Broadway oh, thing so well on done. Broadway. Like actually, you know, I was 20 something and my, like the first, 12 minutes of it, which are the parade in, you know, if you've never seen, this is absolutely some of the most stunning theater you've ever seen. Cause they come in from the audience. And then, then I thought, ah, it's all hydraulics. I didn't love it as much uh, as, as the beginning, the beginning is a, is like a life changing kind of piece of theater. So I just think the, the costumes and how they took something from the, like the hyenas and how they took and the giraffes and how they took those animated animals or real life animals as inspiration and made them into these beautiful costumes. Awesome. All right. We're going to stop with the cartoons there. We're going to come back with more from our list. I think we're about halfway through now. The next group that I've got are, I, I guarantee you one of those films you've never heard of. And we're going to talk about what that is when we come back with more from the playbook right after the break. having fun today learning career lessons from the movies so we've gone through a few so far we've got um the devil wears prada finding nemo rounders lions king and the next one up is not going to be animation <laughs> jason what's yours it's the greatest documentary i ever saw in my entire life and i love 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 documentaries like i will go to hot dogs uh, every year, well, when we were in person, except for this year, because I was away, but I'm going to go, I'm going to go next year. And I like, I binge, I will, I will ping from theater to theater, five theaters. And, and uh, probably in like 2004, 2005, there was this thing. It was called street fight. 
And mm-hmm. Street Fight is the two, it's the story of the 2002 mayoral election in Newark, New Jersey, which on the face of it sounds boring as all get out. Oh my gosh, it's the most dramatic, incredible thing. So for one thing you need to know is one of the people running for mayor is Cory Booker, who has run for president of the United States and eventually was mayor of Newark, New Jersey. So the idea then is, is that a camera crew was sent out to follow him where he was like, he was really a council person. He was like living in a small apartment. It was him in his gym in his living room and the incumbent who had been mayor for 20 years in Newark, his name. Oh, his name's so good. Sharp James. <laughs> right now, the first thing that happens very, very early on in the film is that the, 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 the crew goes out to a sharp James rally. And he gets surrounded by Sharp James's security team because they've been given a heads up that this guy and they're like, oh, so you're a Cory Booker guy. And he wasn't. He was just trying to document the entire thing. But James basically boxes him out, threatens him. And that sets the tone for the entire film, which is about fairness. Right. And how the world really works. And the truth is all of the underhanded stuff that James does to try and win the election, right? You know, there's one point where he's at a rally and the rally is like got hundreds of people. You find out he hired all of the hundreds of people and bust them in to give him that, that look, the way that he leans on businesses, right? Like to put, to take down Cory Booker signs in neighborhoods, right? And Newark at the time was, you know, it's still a, a tough place outside New York city. It was, you know, like under sharp James, late eighties, early nineties, late nineties, early two thousands. It was a pretty dangerous place like Camden, New Jersey, like really, really kind of weird and that sort of stuff. So James, who eventually I believe went to prison for some of the things that he did, not just in this election, just period uh, really compelling, compelling thing. And again, it starts when the mayor sends all of his thugs out. That's that's street fight. Look at you. You're totally (laughs) speechless. I am speechless. I thought you were going to come up with some like amazing documentary, like about um, Muhammad Ali or <laughs> some other well, well-known is, person. This is great. And of course, I, I don't want to ruin anything in the film, but the ending is a shock. So it's, it's really, and I, again, I will watch documentaries till the cows come home, you know, obit, uh, which is a uh, one based on the New York city obituary writers all that sort of stuff, like really, really great, great film, but street fight. I think you can get it on. I think I saw it. It's on YouTube now, right? Like, so not an easily accessible thing. Mm-hmm. And I watched it again. I watched it again about a year ago and I'm like, yep, this holds up. And oh my gosh, he really did that. He really said that. And you know what? It's okay, Corey. Everything's going to be all right. You're going to run for president someday. Yeah. <laughs> senator. Yeah. yeah. What is hot dogs? I thought it was right after Tiff. No hot dogs is in, in April. So it is at the very end of April, early May. It's, you know, what's wonderful about hot dogs is, is like, it's when spring really begins. So you, you know, I know coming out of the subway near the ROM, uh, near the theater that's there, which is one of my favorite theaters, because it has like single seats that you can go and sit in and stuff like that. I think the Isabel Bader theater, like just, I've been going to hot dogs for, I don't know, 25 years. And some of my greatest experiences have been there. And, and I learned so much about the world through those documentaries that are done really, really well done. Okay. So there you go. Street fight. What do you got next? I'm going a little bit more mainstream. <laughs> Our audience <laughs> probably has seen this one because it is a giddy. It's called The King's Speech. And again, it's the story of 
um, Prince Albert, who then when his brother decided to marry um, uh, Wallace Smith, he all of a sudden became King George VI. But he did have some personal struggles and obstacles that he had to come up, overcome. And one was his self-confidence. And, and part of that was because um, he had a speech impediment. So it's uh, just a beautiful story about a relationship uh, a personal relationship the king has with himself to become a more confident individual, but also the relationship he has when he's learning from his speech therapist and the challenges that he continues, the speech therapist continues to push uh, the king and treats the king as a, as a person and not as a king to, in order for the king to step up into the role type of thing. So I think one of the things that I really took away from it was, you know, push your, push your, push your limits. We've talked about this on the show before where, you know, be open to challenges and I'm not saying dive in deep to something like you're not going to go operate if you don't know how to use a scalpel, but you know, if you're given an opportunity to, to speak or do a presentation or to belong, to join a, um, a group to contribute in some way on a project, take those opportunities and continue to push your limits. We all know that I'm passionate about education, so continue to educate and grow, and that's what he continued to do. He started to take those speech therapy lessons seriously. Um, he worked with others um, around him to understand what was going around with the climate because the war was happening at the same time. So, um, And we've also talked about the benefit of hiring a coach, and in this case, it was the speech therapist that he hired as his coach, but within your own career, you can also be um, benefited from other people's knowledge is like hiring Jason to be your um, presentation coach. Oh, that's a great Put idea. That for a segue, Jason. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I learned a lot from that film actually about, about speech writing and about how to coach somebody who is terrified to be on a stage, whether or not they know they're terrified or not. So it's uh, I found, uh, yeah, I, I like the King's speech, but I, I'll be honest with you. I can't remember much of it. Like I can remember Colin Firth because hey, who doesn't remember Colin Firth, right? It, but it was Colin Firth, right? Not yeah, the yeah. other Colin. Who's the other Colin? I forgot. See, this is what happens. You said it's like so I love Colin Firth because he's in like The Kingsman. Yeah, uh, he's in a lot of great movies. But yeah, I mean that the movie can be um, dissected to talk about loyalty, to talk about responsibility and stepping up into your responsibilities. Um, relationships with your siblings, the parental relationship, your roles and responsibilities. Anyway, it, there's lots that you could talk about King's Speech, but it's a beautifully done movie. I'm going to counter that with a film that is probably the opposite of the King's Speech. And this weekend, this is if you have not seen this movie, this is your homework. You watched this movie this weekend. Office Space. So Office Space is the 1999 Mike Judge film. Mike Judge, everything he touches, every single thing he touches turns to gold. Think about this. Mike Judge created Beavis and Butthead. He created uh, Silicon Valley. He created King of the Hill. He created, and he created a film that uh, is one of those, um, uh, you know, kind of sleeper films, Idiocracy, right? All of that is, is Mike Judge. He is, he understands humanity in a way very, very few people office space is the story of a guy who works in a soulless corporation and that is getting ready for y2k they're doing y2k programming and basically his journey of understanding that and of course you watch this 
and you realize this is a culture that you don't want to belong to. And this is a film that has such impact on the zeitgeist. You will find little teeny tiny uh, references to the film everywhere. One of the classic ones is TPS reports, which is you fill out your TPS report. What on earth is a TPS report? But I've I've heard that phrase in more television shows than I'm willing to count. Like it, it it's really great. So why is Office Space so great? Because because it really shows what a what a, a an autopilot culture is all about. We talked about autopilot in the Career Hack 100, but it's just like people kind of zoning out and pushing their lives forward day after day after day. After day, after day. Like that's that it's that kind of culture. You know those cultures, Jen? Yeah, absolutely. What it taught me was the importance of critical thinking and that idea of, you know, everything is a system. There, there's a moment early in the film, a scene where uh, Peter, he's the, the main character. It's the guy who was uh, eventually, I've forgotten the actor's name, but he was eventually in Louder, Mouth, Louder Milk, which is also a great Amazon Prime television show. So he, he is uh, with his girlfriend. They go to see a hypnotist. And the hypnotist basically, he's Peter's stressed all of the time. He's got this job he hates and all that sort of stuff. And the hypnotist basically uh, hypnotizes him and then has a heart attack and dies in the middle of the hypnosis. So he doesn't come out of the hypnosis, right? Oh. And it just settles to the background. But the next day, so what, what his boss had said to him, his boss played by Gary Cole, right? He's like, yeah, I'm going to need you to come in on Saturday. You could be here by nine, right? And while you're at it, I'll need you here on Sunday as well. Well, of course, his alarm goes off at like 7 a.m. On, on Saturday. He just starts hitting the snooze button. And, and, and he sleeps until like 3. And then his answering machine, if you remember answering machines, is filled with his boss going, yeah, delete. Yeah, delete. Yeah. Like it's just the whole, it's just the satire of it is so, so wonderful. But he's, the reason he does it, he's now so chill, right? Because of the hypnosis sort of thing. And then he... He just kind of starts applying that. Like he, he goes into the office, he takes down his cubicle walls with a drill. He shows up late. He goes fishing and hangs out. His boss is driving his boss nuts. And then two consultants show up and the consultants, you know, basically start talking with him and eventually go, that guy's meant for leadership. And that's it, right? Is like incompetent people, you know, get promoted. And I don't mean that across the board, but that's, <laughs> that's the greatest fear advice. that we all have. That's the fear we all have, right? Right. Okay. okay, so the takeaway on that one was um, bad culture. This is what a bad culture looks like, and okay. this is how you can disrupt the system. And also, laugh a little. You know, Jen's used the phrase "jump to conclusions" a couple of times in this thing, and there, there's one of the characters who gets into a car accident. And he creates a jump to conclusions mat. <laughs> yeah, that's what he's going to go out and sell. And there's a wonderful Easter egg in that. In that, go watch that. Make that your weekend watch. Excellent, <laughs> Jen is. So we have more coming up after the break. We do. Jason, where can people find you? I'm right here. Look, I'm right. All right. You can find me at speakupgetresults.com. This is the place you go if you want to have better conversations, better communications, better anything, everything that you want to do around pitches, presentations, and all that good stuff. There's a yellow button. Click the yellow button. I will come and hang out with you for 15 minutes, and I will literally transform your next presentation into something that people are absolutely engaged by. You can get that at speakupgetresults.com. Hey, Jen, we're going to be back with more Playbook right after this.
Welcome back to the playbook. We are doing our oh no, we're not doing our crack one hundred today. No, we're doing our ten favorite movies to inspire you for great business, and they are not films that you would think about. My four so far that I have hit are Rounders, the poker movie, the Matt Damon movie, The Incredibles, no Matt Damon in that one. Also, Street Fight, a documentary that you can find on YouTube, and Office Space. I love, 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 love everything Mike Judge does, particularly Silicon Valley. Jen, what were your four? My four were The Devil Wears Prada, Finding Nemo, Lion King, and The King's Speech. And I have one more. Why are you giggling? You giggled when you said Lion King. Because I have so many animated ones. We, well, between the three of us, we had three animated movies. So we're just big children at heart here. There's nothing wrong with watching cartoons. You're, what have I been watching lately? Bluey. Have you heard of this? No. So this is Lin-Manuel Miranda. This is how I found out about it. It's like his favorite oh. show. It's an Australian cartoon. And I've just watched a, a half dozen episodes, but it's really, really well done. There's one where they go to Ikea and it's, it's essentially like the adults get, are getting frustrated and the kids are using all the boxes and it's really, really great. I think it's available on Disney plus right now. So bluey, totally worth watching. Okay, great. Right. Okay. What's your next film? My next film is a true story about three African-American women who were human computers at NASA in the early sixties. Um, there's so much we could talk about in this movie, Hidden Figures, but it is, I highly, highly recommend it to I everybody. I have not seen this. I hear this is an amazing film. You haven't seen this? I have uh, not seen Hidden Figures. so good. Kevin Costner's in it and he, uh, and oh my God, Viola Thomas. I'm, I'm going to totally you blank on Kevin all the Costner. people that are in it. Um, Kevin Costner was my original Matt Damon. Like I'll see anything that he's in. Except yeah, like for Field, that, what Field of Dreams is another one we could have done. I didn't feel dreams. Could have done oh, actually draft day, which is an excellent look at negotiation uh, because it's basically trades uh, between NFL things. Another great one. All right. So but let's let's talk about this one. Hidden figures. Tell me what's the plot. So basically, these women are hired uh, to be human computers. So they're mathematicians. And they're working at NASA, but the big divide is that it, we're in the early 60s and it's, um, you know, they have to work in a basement of a building across the campus because they're black. So, you know, they're not given the same opportunities or um, respect uh, within the movie. And the things that I took away from it as an opportunity for your career is be the change leader, right? There's a number of change leaders in this movie, but one of them is Kevin Costner's um, character. And he's now found out that the woman is running across campus to go to the bathroom because she's not allowed to go to the bathroom within oh the gosh. building that they're in because it's only for whites. And so he just, you know, just realizes that's complete BS and goes down and rips down the sign in the bathroom. And then, then he can have, you know, he's created a, a more respect, more even playing field. I mean, that's obviously there's a lot more to overcome within the movie than just the bathrooms. Um, but he acts like that change leader. And, and then the other person um, outside of the three strong female leads in this movie is the guy that plays uh, John Glenn. And he says during this um, mission that he wanted um, the character Johnson to be the one that did the double um, check for the calculations on where, how they had to reach this orbit, et cetera. So, you know, be those change leaders, support people that aren't being supported around you. And then for the, the people um, 
the other thing that I've talked about this earlier within finding Nemo, et cetera, and is, and Lion King was build a support group around you. These women are a tight knit group of people that are educating each other, that are supporting each other, that are emotional support for each other um, inside and outside of work. So they have a beautiful story there. I'm not going to ruin it because you haven't seen it. Um, and then learn to be indispensable. And we've talked about this many times about, um, again, my passion, education, but also about being known for something or pushing your boundaries. And um, one of the th- scenes happens is there's an IBM computer and the one of the women sees this as an opportunity because she knows this computer is going to be in that Ironically, it's the first computer I also learned on where the computer takes up a whole building. How and old are she, you? I know, exactly. Uh, punch cards. Uh, and so she taught herself Fortran. And then that made her indispensable and made her take a career path That's and build cool. a promotion by understanding something that other people were just looking to for easy and quick solution because it was a computer. So, and then- overall in the movie, the, some of the characters have quite the challenge taking these women's perspectives because they're not seen as equals. And it's about being open to others' opinions and perspectives, because it's going to, the collaboration and the work that you can do together versus fighting what, what they thought a norm was and what that the person couldn't contribute again, such a beautifully done movie. And the fact that it's a, um, uh, they've all succeeded immensely in their lives these women and they're are true um they're just an inspirational movie you're really good at this no i just really like this movie but there and again i'm only touching on tops of it because i don't want to take away from the story because i think dave hasn't seen this movie yet either i i really think it's a movie that everybody should see my last recommendation for today that was perfect segue thanks jen which is when i think about films my number one I'm trying to think about what my favorite film of all time is, is Afterlife, which is a Japanese film. It's really great. I, I run Lola run a German film from the late nineties. Uh, and then, um, then this one, and it's, it's a directed by Edgar Wright. So Edgar Wright for my money is the, the best director that there is. Uh, Jean, Jean-Paul Genet is really great. He directed Amelie. I love his work. Obviously love Wes Anderson, but Edgar Wright is a genius. In fact, if you want to do something really cool after the episode, Google this. Edgar Wright's style of storytelling explained. It's about 12 minutes long and it demonstrates why what Edgar Wright does is he makes you feel the movie. He doesn't make you watch the movie. And and they, they use, for example, something really simple. Like when you watch in a comedy and you watch like a, somebody driving from one city to another, it's always the same thing, right? It's the, it's a gigantic, like sweeping shot of the city that they're leaving. It's a great rock soundtrack. And then it's another sweeping shot of the city that they're arriving in. Edgar Wright doesn't do that in hot fuzz. What he does is he's got uh, Simon Pegg on a bus and it's like rapid cuts where it's like, he looks bored and he looks bored. And it's like, you feel it because you've been on a bus before and you're like, Oh my God, I know that feeling. Right. So all of that is to bring you to the film that I choose. And it is my favorite film, I think, in the world right now. It's Scott Pilgrim versus the world. So if you've never seen Scott Pilgrim versus the world where Toronto makes like is a character is it's based on a graphic novel series by a Toronto based artist. And and Edgar Wright is the way he directs that film. If you, you know, he's the same guy who wrote film Baby Driver, all that sort of stuff is it is 
extraordinary. It is everything about that film drips brilliance, every single shot, every approach that he takes right from the beginning. In fact, the first thing that, that gets, um, that, that gets you is at the beginning is that there's like a, like the, there's a band and the band begins to play and you begin the shot right in front of the band. And then you slowly zoom out on the band. And of course, in, a, in any other film is you just show, see the room, but they keep zooming out and the carpet in front of them ends up being like dozens, if not hundreds of feet long, right? It's a feeling he evokes. And that's what I love about that film is it, is it, it challenges you. It says, don't do things the same way every single time. Disrupt, right? Think originally about stuff. Find a way to make people feel part of the story. It is just the absolute everything sound effect every transition everything that makes it feel like a video game i know i'm penning a love letter to this thing right now but i would watch it every day if i could like it's just so so good so tell me the name of it again scott pilgrim versus the world you don't you haven't seen this movie no, I, I what I've learned today is that I need to broaden my my film watching um, because we have only one one or two similar movies, but also that um, you really lean into movies that are about disruption and creativity, and I lean into movies that are about inspiration and collaboration. Very interesting. I didn't but it, it's that. true when we took look at our career hack yeah. hacks quite often you're about the i'm about the bigger picture kind of thing and you're about the tactical when we pick our topics awesome uh by the way stars michael sarah you know another great canadian from brampton i love that film i love 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 that film. i cannot say enough great things i i you know I almost don't dislike anything the the ending's a little weird but uh, I just the film so good, so good, so good, so good. All right, so let's let's wrap it up here. I hit you with Scott Pilgrim versus the World, Office Space, Street Fight. Find it on YouTube. The Incredibles and Rounders. These are what help define me and help me be a better communicator. And Jen, what'd you go with? I went with um, a lot of light entertainment with Lion King and Finding Nemo, but also great life lessons. Followed by uh, Devil Wears Prada. The King's Speech, one of my all-time favorite movies, and Hidden Figures, which I would recommend to everybody. So this is so much fun. This episode. Think about what your favorite. If you've got actually some thoughts on that, hit us up. You can find Jen Glynn and I on LinkedIn. That's Jen J-E-N-N-G-L-Y-N-N on LinkedIn. Tell Jen your favorites. We'll we'll share them in a future episode. And same thing for me, Jason Thompson, no P in the name. Jen, that was great. Was what a great idea you had. Thanks. I had fun. You have so many great ideas. All right. This is going to do it for another episode. We're going to be back with more from our Career Hack 100 next week. Thanks for joining us. See you more with more pages from the playbook soon. 